0: You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa This is Digitally Dispatched. The call begins. Let's take a trip to the onion fields. We've all, well, most of us have handled an onion, right? Wait, no, I'm not going to tell you the best way to cut an onion so that you don't cry. I'm not going to teach you how to make onion rings or tell you the best place to get them, although I probably could go on and on about it. What I'm going to talk about are the layers of the onion. When you take an onion and cut it in half, crossways, you see the rings. Those are all the layers of the onion. If you cut it into a pie piece, you're going to get petals. Again, more layers. Are you wondering what this has to do with police dispatching or taking 911 calls? Okay, let me explain. Most of the episodes I do will focus on a specific type of call. And the caller that fits into their own category, like for a domestic disturbance, checking the well-being of a loved one, maybe harassment, custody issues, medical calls. But sometimes the caller is or has become an all-in-one caller. This caller calls in frequently for a number of different reasons. As I thought of one such caller, I thought of how complex her story was, and I started peeling away the layers of her onion. You see where I'm going? The color that I'll talk about today was so much more than just a frequent color. She and other colors like her needed to have their own unique category. These colors come to us from the onion fields. Let me start by saying that this case that I'm about to talk about covers a long period of time. And while it focuses on one family's battle, there are several cases and callers out there that I have dealt with that have very similar stories. This is just one of them. That sounded a little law and order to me. Let's get back on track. Many years ago, I started receiving calls from a woman. They were simple at first with peace disturbances by our neighbors being too loud or a barking dog down the street, maybe a suspicious vehicle. And the officers would go out and handle those calls because they were, for the most part, a routine type of call. We'd make contact with her, the issue was handled, and the call was closed. It started to change a little bit from the simple calls to one time she called in reference to her little girl who was seven at the time. She said that the child was being difficult. She wasn't taking her meds and didn't want to go to school. And she wanted the officers to come and just talk to her and tell her how important it is to follow rules, especially rules that mom gave her. And the officers did go out and help her and and talk to the child. My caller continued to call. And again, it was mostly peace disturbances. This time, though, she would be more angry about the peace disturbance. And why weren't we doing anything to help her? Officers would respond and handle the peace disturbance if there was one, and we would attempt to make contact with her as well. Sometimes she'd answer the door, sometimes she'd say, I didn't want contact, just wanted the noise to stop. Slowly, things started to change. Her calls became more erratic and even irrational. I remember specifically a call I received from her. She was very upset, stating that a cat had scratched her daughter and her daughter was bleeding from the face. She needed medical attention right then and right now. I transferred the call over to the fire and EMS dispatcher so that we could get ambulance en route to check on her child, and while I listened to her, she just continued to rant about how this cat had hurt her kid and wanted someone to get there quickly to help. The EMS dispatcher explained to her that medics had already been sent and they should be there at any minute. They asked me, knowing I was listening on the line, if police was responding as well, due to the anger that she was presenting on the phone. I was able to unmute her and tell her that, yes, we were en route as well, and went back to listening to see if I could hear anything else. Officers arrived on scene just before medics did. When they went into the house, she was still screaming that a cat had hurt her child, and the officers asked where the child was, and I believe she was in her bedroom, her little girl came out of her bedroom so that the officers could check and see what the nature of her wounds were. There were no wounds. There were no scratch marks at all. The officer asked about where the cat was and she had stated it had gone downstairs. Medics responded in, checked the little girl, asked her questions about if she had been hurt or if there was a cat. The little girl was able to tell them that there was no cat and that she was not hurt and she'd just been in her bedroom. Once the medics checked out the child, They were able to let her go on back to her room to the game that she was playing and sit down and talk to the mom. With my officers who were familiar with this lady, they were able to establish a little bit of a rapport with her to ask her about the cat that was not able to be located by an officer who had gone downstairs to check. She admitted then that maybe she was mistaken, that maybe there really wasn't a cat the medics asked if she'd been on any kind of medications to which she said she had and was able to present them, but she hadn't been taking them appropriately. She then realized as my officers told me that maybe she was seeing something that wasn't there and she needed help with that. I had an officer call dispatch and asked us to call the parents of the mother, the little girl's grandparents to which we did. We explained the situation and asked the grandparents if they could come and pick up the child, just to take her home so that her mother could be taken to the hospital. The grandparents had absolutely no problem coming and picking up the child. They did. Officers waited on scene until they arrived. And in the interim, the mother was taken by ambulance to a local hospital for psychiatric evaluation. The days following this particular call in reference to the cat, our calls were non-existent because she was being taken care of at the hospital. We knew the minute she came home because the phone started ringing again, both the non-emergency lines as well as 911 lines. Once the calls picked up again, we had a myriad of claims. She would call about being robbed, being taken advantage of, being harassed. She would call 911 frequently and rant, just to rant but she didn't want the police to respond. I explained to her numerous times, when you call 911 and, and you're this upset, we have to send an officer to check on you just to make sure you're okay. Because we were so familiar with this caller, we knew her address. We were able to send officers over just to check her well-being, And they responded every time she called 911. Sometimes she'd answer the door. Sometimes she would just yell at the officers from the other side. We've only just started to scratch the surface of this very complex collar, and there's a lot more layers left to be uncovered. I'll be 10-6 for a moment so that you can ten five 5 with this episode's sponsors to see how they can help you. Then I'll meet you back in the onion field to peel away some more layers. I am Lisa, and you are being digitally dispatched. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com that's digitallydispatched.com. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. This is Lisa at Digitally Dispatched. I'm 10-8 from break and ready to get back to our caller and all of her layers. The call continues. So just before the break, I was telling you about how my caller had started to refuse police assistance when she would be the one calling for help. Our concern as dispatchers was growing because we talked to her a lot. My officer's concern was growing as well because they had to deal with her face-to-face. Can you tell me why those red flags were flying? Maybe because she still had custody of her seven-year-old daughter? And her behaviors were becoming more and more irrational. I started to notice... When the child was actually in custody of the mother, our 911 calls became less frequent. They still happened on occasion, but not nearly as much. But when the child was with her grandparents, our 911 calls and non-emergency lines increased exponentially. She would call and tell me that her parents were harassing her, were holding her child against her will, were not allowing her contact with the child, She would even call the police department where the child's grandparents lived to have them do well-being checks on the child since she hadn't had contact. This started to become an issue both for the police department and the grandparents. The grandparents felt pushed to file for an ex-parte against the caller who's the mother of the child due to the number of calls and well-being checks being done. The ex-parte Now, that's issued by the court for a temporary order of protection until the parties can be seen by a judge. And at that time, the judge will hear the case and rule on whether a full order of protection is granted. In this case, a full order was granted, and the child's grandparents also filed for guardianship. That, too, was awarded to them. Once everything was legal, our caller stopped calling and reporting her parents for any wrongdoing. But that doesn't mean the calls stopped coming in. I still received 911 calls from her, sometimes for medical emergencies, for any number of chronic illnesses. I received calls for peace disturbances, for people taking advantage of her, either her new boyfriend or home health care workers that were employed by her. This woman suffered many things and had a very difficult time dealing with the life that she was living. I started to notice that the calls became much less frequent. I'd even ask my coworkers, have you heard from this caller? To which they'd say, no, it's been a while. We finally asked one of the officers, hey, have you heard from this caller? We've not gotten any phone calls. And they confirmed for us that she had found herself a fiance and he had packed her up and moved her to another city. So wherever it is she's landed... I hope that she's been able to find a balance in dealing with the layers of her life. This is where my onion analogy comes in, if you will. She started off just like any other caller with a simple call for service. The officers responded, they took care of it. That's that crunchy layer around the onion that we peel away. That's we don't need and we just toss it. But then as time goes by, we get into the next layer. This is where she needed help with her her child or the medication not quite being right and her seeing things and needing some psychiatric help. And then we go to another layer where she had to deal with the loss of her child going to her parents, the child's grandparents. And another layer and another layer till so we get to the heart, to the core of that onion where we found that She suffered from different psychoses and out-of-control mental issues. The Resolution Calls come in to dispatch. Location given. Officers respond. Contact is made. Caller's complaint handled. Calls continue to come in. Due to history, location is immediately known, but still verified. Officers continue to respond. Caller, sometimes taken to the hospital for medical reasons. Caller, taken to the hospital for psychiatric reasons. Calls continue to come in. Child is removed from the home. Ex parte, order of protection, are granted. Child's guardianship awarded to the grandparents. Calls continue to come in. Officers continue to assist or attempt to assist the caller. Caller finds a fiancé. Calls stop. Caller has left the city. What the caller did right. Initially, the caller did everything right. She was able to give me her location and tell me what was going on. She gave me details when asked, and officers were able to make contact with her and handle the situation. What I Learned as a Dispatcher I've learned so much from this caller. Like I mentioned before, she's not the only one that calls in a lot and has a lot of layers, but she was the first one that made me realize that some people's layers, they go deep. Obviously not every call and not every caller is going to be the same and I've learned to take the time to sometimes peel back the layers to get what's really going on in a situation. Being able to do that as a dispatcher on the front end helps me get the kind of help to the caller that they need. One of the tools that we're able to use as dispatchers is called address history. Why is this important? Well because when we put in One of the callers that calls in more often, we can do an address history and look at all the times that we've been to their address before, and it gives us an insight in how we've handled the situation in the past. And we can let the officers know this prior to them arriving on scene so they know what they're walking into. I mean, imagine if someone calls and complains of having chest pains, and I check his address history and he just recently had a heart attack, he could be having another one or maybe he's had a history of chest pains and now he's having the heart attack. Regardless, my officers usually arrive on scene just before EMS does, and they can start CPR to assist medics when they arrive on scene. Address history can show us if there's been any violence at an address or if there's any weapons known to be at that address. This way, our officers are much more situationally aware of what they're walking into. The Legacy we all have layers. Some of us, maybe just a few. Others of us, maybe quite a few. As we live our life and take our adventures and do things, make mistakes, have good times, bad times, all of that adds to what makes us who we are. They add to our layers. I have layers, and I'm not ashamed to admit that there are different times in my life where I've had to reach out for professional help just to help me balance those layers. There is no shame in needing or wanting help and asking for it. I've had family and friends who've shared their layers with me just because they needed someone to listen. So I listened. Be conscious of those around you. They may not know how to ask for help. They just may need you to listen. So take a moment and listen. And you, my listeners, know that it's okay to reach out for help, and please don't be afraid to ask. If the one you ask doesn't quite get it, that's okay. Ask somebody else. There is help out there for you. There are resources online. There's resources in your community. And believe it or not, we have resources at the police department. Just give us a call, and we'll give you the resources you need to find the help that you want. (coughs) How many layers do you have? How do you find a balance in dealing with them? Or if you want, where do you go for the best onion rings around? Dispatcher trivia. The exact origins of the deep-fried onion ring are unknown. But a recipe for onions that were dipped in milk, dredged through flour, then deep-fried, appeared in a 1933 ad for Crisco in the New York Times Magazine. So why is this dispatcher trivia? Well, because I'm a dispatcher and I happen to love onion rings. And until now, you didn't know that about me. Now you do. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share, and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched.